This podcast is sponsored by Active Skin Repair, a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. So, Bree, I remember this one time I was in a bike race around Tucson, and uh, I wasn't paying attention. We were riding down 4th Avenue, and there's railroad tracks, like street track tracks, and my bike's tire like went and wedged in to the railroad tracks, no. and I totally fell down and just like skinned my hands, everything. Ugh. I had nothing with me, nothing at all. And it's that times where you want a first aid product and you have nothing. And <laughs> active skin repair utilizes a molecule called hypochlorous acid. When applied to the skin, the molecule works by mimicking the natural immune response to cleanse, soothe irritation, reduce inflammation, and support healing. I've used it on my son's mosquito bites, and I wish I would have had it the time I totally scraped up my hands. Oh, I hear you. Like whenever I go paddleboarding, kayaking, I'm always trying to find something that is like an all-in-one that I can take with me. And active skin repair could be used like that. It can be used to treat cuts, scrapes, burns, sunburns, rashes, and other types of skin damage. It's also safe and non-toxic, which makes it suitable for all skin types, all parts of the body, like eczema and acne-prone skin, all of that. With over 500,000 happy customers, thousands of five-star reviews, and ingredients so safe and clean they can be used from the youngest member of the family to the oldest, you now have one simple solution for all of your family's skin health needs. Visit www.activeskinrepair.com to learn more about Active Skin Repair and to get 20% off your order. Use code NOGUILT. Are you dreading homework starting this year? I mean, aren't we all? <laughs> if so, we have a fun way to really get you back into the swing of things uh, that's going to up your parenting confidence and it's going to make homework a lot more calmer and productive for your entire family. It's the drama-free homework challenge and it starts this week. Go sign up and join us, noguiltmom.com forward slash registration dash homework dash challenge. We will see you there. Welcome to the No Guilt Mom podcast. I am your host, Joanne Crone, joined here by my, we're COVID free, Brie, Brie Tucker. <laughs> hello, hello, buddy. How are you? Yeah, we're COVID free, but for how long? It seems like everywhere I go, everybody is still getting sick. It, it, everyone is still getting sick. Um, everyone coming back from vacation is getting sick. You mentioned this morning that like the bus drivers in our district, they're missing 70 of them yep. because they're all sick. Yep. It's just the state of things that we're in, unfortunately. Do you ever get really hard on yourself when you're sick? Like this COVID has really thrown me for a loop because whenever my body feels tired, I feel like it's a personal failing. I see that with you. <laughs> I do. Now, COVID, it, it, yeah, it wasn't fun. And I'm still bitter about COVID. COVID took away like my whole summer. So whatever, COVID. It did. You suck. We don't get much summer out here in Phoenix. <laughs> I had one month, man, and you took it off. But that's okay. But no, I do see that. Like a lot of people, and it, you especially, yeah, I know. It's hard for you. Like the, there's a million things to do and letting go. Uh, maybe maybe it's not as hard for me at this moment because I have been working on that in my marriage. Yeah. <laughs> letting go, go and letting somebody else help me and accepting that person's help without 
feeling guilty and telling them that I'm constantly sorry that they had to help me. That is a great life lesson, actually. And I'm glad you're working on that and hearing you work on that makes me think I really need to do my own personal work (laughs) on that as well. I mean, just yesterday, like I was feeling horrible again and uh, Josh came in and like made spaghetti and meatballs with the kids and I was all set to apologize. All set to apologize. I'm like, I'm so sorry. I'm like not worth anything. And it it's amazing how ingrained that is in us, even though logically I know yeah. that, you know, we're a partnership and yep. he's here and I'm here and we work together. It's hard emotionally to get over. It is. It really is. And I think when you add on the factor too of being um, an entrepreneur, your own business, it, it, there's no vacation days really. I mean, right. I mean, we have things that we can do, yeah. but... It, things still got to happen. So it's hard when you're out and you're sick. Yeah. It's just hard. Which is why we're really excited to bring to you this interview with Jenna Kutcher, who like I have followed for so long now. And she is just such a joy and such an inspiration. And we know that you are going to enjoy our conversation with her. She is a New York Times bestselling author of the new book, How Are You Really? Which is phenomenal. You should go get it. She's a podcaster, author, digital marketer, educator, dreamer, mother, and number one most curious human. She's the mom of two and she teaches women how to wake up to to life and stop faking that you're enjoying it. And Jenna believes that change happens where the woo meets the work, which I love. So enjoy our conversation with Jenna and look for those moments in the episode. She has some really great mic drops, things that you're going to want to write on your wall and remind yourself of later. Enjoy our interview with Jenna. If laundry is one of those things on your to-do list that you just wish you can delegate to somebody else, we have the way you can do it. It is called Hamper. It is like the Uber of laundry. You literally pull up an app. You put in your information and somebody comes to your door, gets your laundry, and brings it back folded for you and clean within 24 hours. It is such an amazing, amazing thing. Go check out Hamper. We have a link for you in the show notes. Don't forget to use our code NOGUILT10 for $10 off your annual membership. You want mom life to be easier. That's our goal too. Our mission is to raise more self-sufficient and independent kids, and we're going to have fun doing it. We're going to help you delegate and step back. Each episode, we'll tackle strategies for positive discipline, making our kids more responsible and making our lives better in the process. Welcome to the No Guilt Mom podcast. So Jenna, one thing, when I started your book, I was reminded again of your story about how you really started in the corporate world and you started climbing this ladder that everybody, like you expect, like you expect you have to climb. And then you found that it wasn't for you. Can you tell us a little bit about how those feelings came up and what it was like? For sure. Um, I think a lot of us find this ourselves in places like that, where we arrive somewhere. And we're like, this is not what I thought it would be, or this is not what I thought it would feel like. And I remember so specifically, um, I was working in a corporate job. I felt so blessed. I'm from Minnesota and my parents worked like the same jobs their entire lives. And so it's kind of like one of those thoughts of like, you get a job and 401k benefits and you would be a fool to walk away. And no one in my family had been an entrepreneur before. So that wasn't even on my radar. But I remember sitting down and I had this amazing boss and um, she's a woman 
And she had this little picture of her kids on her desk. And I kind of realized like, she never really talked about her family much. And I kind of pointed to the picture and I said, Oh oh my gosh, they're so cute. Are those your kids? And she kind of changed the subject really quick. And she had said, she's like, you know, if I'm lucky, I'll get home in time to give them a bath and put them to bed. Mm. And I remember that moment because I didn't even want kids at the time I was planning a wedding and we didn't really have kids on our minds. And I just remember thinking, gosh, you know, it seemed like a really sad point for her of, yeah, she has a super successful job and she's this boss and all these things, but like, just seemed like something was off. And a few weeks later, she had this meeting with me and she handed me my five-year plan. And I remember it being presented to me and, and my brain goes, nobody asked me what I want in five years. Like, <laughs> right. Who created this plan without me? And I remember it being presented as like this gift of like, here, let me bestow this plan for your life upon you. And when you really think about it, you kind of referenced it. There are a lot of life supposed tos where it is almost like our lives are planned out before we choose what they'll be. And I remember going back into my office and looking at a picture on my desk and it was of my fiance at the time and thinking, do I want to live a life where I look at this picture of him? Or is there a way to figure out how to live a life where I look at his face and not a picture of it? And I didn't know what that would be. And I didn't know what that would look like. And I didn't know it would be entrepreneurship or more specifically photography, but I knew what I didn't want any longer. And I think something important to note here is that a lot of people, if you ask them, like, what are you most passionate about or what do you want in your life? A lot of times we have a hard time saying that we don't even know, right? Like (laughs) what is passion these days? We're surviving. But for me, a lot of my path has not been led by knowing where I want to go. It's more been based off of here's what I know I don't want. Here's what I know does not work for me. Here's what I know makes me feel sick to my stomach. How do I move away from that? And so I started that path of moving away and it led me to a camera and that camera led me to a photography business, which opened so many doors, but I didn't know that's what I wanted and I didn't know where it would go. I I love that because you've just really gone down the path of uncertainty. You knew what you didn't want and you kind of like opened yourself up to the world and was like, okay, well, what can I explore with? What can I do? What do I want? And your story so reminds me of me in my first career. Like I was working in the entertainment industry in LA and I didn't want kids at the time either, um, but I was about to marry my husband. And I knew that when me getting home from work at 9 PM, that was not the life that I wanted to live at all. And so I think it's so key there that you're like, I didn't know what I wanted, but I knew what I didn't want and I can move away from that. I think it's really scary to do that, right? To have that, like, I know I'm not happy, but the idea of the unknown is so scary Mm -hmm. for so many of us. Well, and I think too, when you take that even a step further of like, I should be happy, Mm. but I'm not right. I think that even terrifies us even more because as women, we are so quick to add in caveats. Like I have 401k, I have benefits, I have job, I have security. Like, why am I not happy? Surely it's me. Mm -hmm. I'm the problem instead of actually just saying, oh wait, maybe this just wasn't the right fit for myself. And so it's like, I think a lot of us are walking through life thinking what is wrong with me that I should be happy and I'm not. And instead of addressing opportunity to move in the right direction. Yeah, we get in these like paths that we feel like we put so much work into it and so much effort into it yes. 
that we're afraid to deviate from it and to change. And what I love about your story is you've basically changed your path about, about three times. You started HR, right? (laughs) (laughs) Because you went from a very corporate career to a very creative endeavor. Yeah. And a million other things. I, you know, it's funny when you say that, cause I'm like, I feel like I've reinvented myself. I feel like I've lived 80 lifetimes in 34 <sighs> years. And I think it's because I'm not afraid to reinvent myself. I think that is a huge, huge thing. I mean, you talk about this a lot, Joanne, about like not being a, don't let the fear hold you back on things. And I think that that's something that a lot of us as women have been taught. You should be afraid of some things like you, you shouldn't, like you said, like you need to be happy. You should be grateful for what you have. And the fear of failing is so, so big. And it ties you down and keeps you from being able to do the things that truly could fulfill and make your life so much better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I feel like, so we had another guest on um, Christy Michael Carter, and she mentioned something that has always really stuck in my mind is that women in society aren't given many chances. We're not given many chances. And so we feel like we have to be perfect with every single chance we get. Like, have you felt like that's shown up in your life at all? Hey, all it is Joanne and Brie here. And we want to tell you about a podcast that you should check out. It's called Understood Explains. This season of the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert Juliana Uturbe. And it's all about how to navigate individual education plans, also known as IEPs. And in this latest season of Understood Explains, it covers topics like how to tell if your child needs an IEP and it busts common myths about special education. We actually just listened to the episode, IEPs, Does My Child Need an IEP? And here is what we loved about it. I loved that it was so digestible. Like it was such a short episode and all of the topics, which could be really confusing to parents, were easily explained. And I loved how they gave great concrete examples because you know how much I love me a good example. They explained what kind of services and supports you could actually see on a child's IEP or individual education plan. And they explained those acronyms that nothing drives me more crazy than when there's acronyms and I don't get it. I don't know what it stands for. They took the time to explain everything in so much detail and to cover concerns that a lot of families have about special ed services. To listen to Understood Explains, search for Understood Explains in your podcast app. That's Understood Explains, or just click on the link in our show notes. From the creators of the hit kids podcast, Who Smarted, and Netflix's Brainchild, comes the adventurous world of mysteries about true histories, affectionately known as math. Every episode follows Max and Molly. I got to say, love the name Max. That's my my puppy dog's (laughs) name. Uh, Who have just recruited into a secret order of problem solvers on an adventure through time packed with puzzles, hidden equations, history, and laughs. It actually makes learning pretty cool. Yeah. Now, I listened to this with my son, and it was so fun to listen to. I loved how modern it was with a cool aunt that they really dug, and like they dealt with bullies. Uh, My son also enjoyed all the math involved. Like He thought it was really cool. Well, and I have to say, I love anything that brings learning and fun together for kids. I really, really wish that something like this was around for my teens when they were younger. We would have absolutely devoured this on our car trips. It would have been amazing. It's perfect for kids ages six and up, and new episodes drop every Thursday. So tune in to Mysteries About True Histories with your kids. You can follow and listen on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your pods. 
Yes and no. You know, it's funny because I feel like, and even having daughters now, I see it where it's like so much of the messaging is like, just wait for somebody to come save you. Mm. Just wait for the door to open or your big break moment or that one invitation that will change your life. And I don't wait for my big breaks. I make them. And I think that there's something really powerful about that because I don't have this fear of saying no to things because I think what happens is, is a lot of women say yes to everything because there's that deep seated belief that maybe this will be my big break. Mm -hmm. And if I say no, I'm going to miss the opportunity that could have changed my life. So I better just show up even if I don't want to, even if it's not the right fit. And I just don't subscribe to that. And so I have learned how to like protect my best yeses and bet on myself, not from this egotistical standpoint, but like with this deep belief of like, what has gotten me this far will carry me forward. Those gifts, those skills, those unique abilities, they're not going anywhere. They're coming with me on the ride. And so if it's gotten me this far, it's going to carry me forward. And I trust that. I love that. Like they, they've gotten you this far. You're going to keep them with you. I love that. It's hard though, to find that confidence in betting on yourself and really knowing yourself because what you said right there, it's like, you have to say yes to every opportunity because you're like, well, what if I do like this? And what if this is a good thing? Like, how do you even start that process of figuring out what's your nose and what's your yes? Yeah. So inside of my book, how are you really, there's this thing called a life inventory. And it's like, I want us to do like a full on forensic sweep of like, who are we? Because imagine like a lot of times when people sit down for my podcast, it's like, I want to ask them like, who are you without all these titles and accolades and things like, who are you? Who are you really? Um, I remember this moment during the pandemic, my husband and I, we were driving in the car and we were talking about someone that we know. And we were like, I wonder what she does besides work and be a mom. And then I was like, what do I do besides work and being a mom? Like where it was like, who am I? Like, what are my hobbies? What do I enjoy? What am I curious about? Like, what am I doing? There's kind of this wake up call of like, wait, like, who am I? And you kind of hinted on it before, but like this notion of identity, um, there's this idea. I had this incredible guest on my podcast, Dr. Maya Shanker, and she talks about this idea of identity foreclosure, which is when we hold on to past titles or identities that once served us or that we thought would serve us and we struggle to let them go. It's kind of like the reason of you sign up for a four-year degree and two years in, you're like, you know, this isn't the right fit, but you you tough it out because you're like, I don't want to have wasted two years. So I'm willing to waste two more. Like that's kind of how we're moving through life. We're holding on to like jeans from high school, waiting for them to fit us (laughs) instead of just saying they don't, they're not made to fit me any longer. They don't work any longer. And so you kind of hinted at it, but it's like, I've reinvented myself many times. And I think that's because change doesn't scare me. I welcome it because to me, change signifies growth and evolution And it honestly ushers in like the fullness of life, like the fullness of the human experience. I, so I love that because I am somebody who is scared of change. Like I know I'm scared of change though. So I'm like trying to overcome You and the rest of the world though, you're not alone. Yeah, it's it's a I mean it's a hard thing. I mean, we've talked about Brie. Brie don't move my say, cheese, Tucker. Yeah, my, my <laughs> nickname is Don't Move My Cheese. So <laughs> it, you can see Brie has some issues with letting go and trying new things that scare her. Yeah. <laughs> okay, wait though. Let's talk about this. So um, <laughs> we this is a therapy session. Yes, I'm not let's a licensed do it. Let's therapist. Do it. So here's the thing that I want us all to remember is like the reason why we fear change is uncertainty, right? 
Mm-hmm. Look at the world that we have just navigated the last two and a half years. We literally didn't know what tomorrow would bring, what mm-hmm. rules would change, how our lives would change, what would happen with our kids. Like we didn't know anything and we survived, didn't we? Totally. We, we did. did. We totally we survived. It. Mm-hmm. So change a lot of times. And I think most specifically for women, when I think about it is scary, not for ourselves and our own uncertainty, because I think deep within us, we have a belief that everything will be okay, Mm -hmm. but change scares us because change makes other people uncomfortable. It does make people uncomfortable because you know, the things that go through my head is I'm like, oh my gosh, well, what is my friend from high school going to think when I put this out there? Like she's she's going to call me on it you. She's not even thinking about you. She's thinking about her own change that she's not dealing with. That's the thing though. That's the truth. There's this part of my book where it like kicks off a chapter and it's like, do you guys remember signing yearbooks and you'd write like never change. And the notion of that idea is like, if you change, will we still be friends? If you change, will we still have things in common? If you change, will I be reminded that I'm still stuck? Mm. And when you think about it, like I've been through so many seasons of my life, specifically in entrepreneurship where like people can't relate or my growth is really just a reflection that like they haven't changed. And I used to take that energy on or, or play small or like hide, like what I was up to, because I knew it had this, you know, ability or maybe this tendency, if it would make other people feel stuck. And instead I've changed it as an invitation. I'm changing and you're invited to change too. Let's go. And I feel like even as a mom, I've adopted this where it's like, when I put my toddler to bed every night, I say this one thing to her and I should say it to you and you and me is I love who you are, but more than that, I love who you're becoming. And it's like, we haven't invited ourselves to become anymore. It's like, Mm -hmm. we're just stuck. I think, I think you nailed it right there where you're like, when you change, other people are going to be reminded that they're stuck. And I think it really goes back to kind of a people pleasing mentality. That's exactly what I was thinking. I'm like, I don't want to, I don't want to make anyone feel uncomfortable. Like I don't, (laughs) I don't want my happiness to make somebody else feel bad. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's also why we tend not to share our accomplishments or like share our happiness because it's going to be considered as bragging or like making somebody Mm -hmm. feel less than. Okay. So let's talk about this. So you guys have heard the story about the four minute mile, right? Remind me of that. Okay. Mm -hmm. So for the history of time, people do not believe it was humanly possible to run a mile in four minutes. Mm -hmm. And then finally someone did it. And literally within a few months, multiple people had done it. Something that was seen as impossible. All of a sudden, all these people are cracking this record because guess what? They now know it's possible. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I've realized, especially as a woman in business and someone who has found quote success is that when I play small, I'm missing the opportunity to paint the possibility for someone else. When I share about my success, I am painting the four minute mile so that other women know it's possible for them too. I feel like I need to write that down and put it in my office, Jenna. So I see it all the time. You know, it's like, if I can paint the possibility for someone else by sharing my wins or my success so that another woman says like, if she can, so can I, that is going to serve me and the greater good of the entire world more than hiding what I know to be true. Yes. Okay. Like I, so let's keep thinking to myself, how lucky are your girls to have this mindset so Mm. strong and their mother that's going to be passed on to them. I I feel like a lot of us, we 
we struggle to find our own paths to break away from what we saw our parents doing and and knowing yeah. that you're already coming in with this open mindset how amazing of a gift is that yeah a lot of our audience says that they feel like they don't have the time to be the fun mom. They don't have enough time to spend quality time with their kids. And I think there's such a notion like in society that we have to plan these extra activities with <sighs> our kids and enrichment and make event them coordinators. Wait, when did we, be, and, when did we yeah. add event coordinator to our, really? our life skills? Yes, but truly. it, it could literally be something as easy as just doing your own thing and pulling up like the chair beside you and being like, you are welcome to join in. Yes, absolutely. You know, it's funny too. It's like, how can we, that's the biggest thing is I think children crave independence and our youngest does Montessori school part-time. So she like loves nothing more than when we give her tasks to do. And the other day I looked out the window and like, they were pulling weeds together. And like, she just thought it was the most fascinating thing. And I was like, we cannot like stop our lives to be the entertainment for our children. They have to figure mm -hmm. out how to entertain or find entertainment in life. And it doesn't have to be through screen. So it's like, how do we, you know what I mean? It's just, it's hard. Yeah. And like motherhood is hard. And we absolutely say, go watch a movie when you need stuff done. But it's like, again, it's like, how do we usher in that creativity? Um, and I have a family member who is an elementary art teacher. And she said, Children these days can't even stare at a blank piece of paper and start drawing. They need someone to tell them what to do. And I was like, how do we get so far removed from our own creativity that that is the case? And so that's been something where I'm like, as a mom, like, how can I like foster creativity so that you can draw whatever you want on that white sheet of paper? Hi there, I'm Andrea Owen, self-help author with 19 translations of my books, global keynote speaker, and life coach. My podcast, Make Some Noise, has been serving up self-help in a simple-to-digest way for the last decade. The topics brought in each episode are practical and easy to implement around topics such as working through fears that keep you stuck, different modalities of therapy, managing your negative self-talk, and more. We bring you guest experts, solo episodes, and I even coach listeners on the air around relatable struggles. I also do my best to weave my sense of humor into some heavy topics because let's face it, life can be pretty hard and it's so much better when we can have some fun while walking through our challenges. Whether you're seasoned in personal development or just starting out, Make Some Noise podcast will help you become the best version of yourself, the person you're proud of when you look in the mirror and show up in your life. Simply search Make Some Noise with Andrea Owen wherever you listen to your podcasts. No one told us the truth about parenthood. Why? This is the podcast everyone needed before they had kids because now that those little ones are here, whew, there is a lot to unpack. I'm Rachel Shepardota, and I am your host for the podcast, No One Told Us, where we tell the truth about parenting and let you in on all the stuff you really should have known about before having kids. I am the founder of Hey Sleepy Baby, but this podcast is so much more than sleep. We'll be diving into all the topics that you really care about and need to know while you do your best job raising those adorable, tidy humans. Our goal is to just make you feel less alone and less overwhelmed. There are so many things that no one tells us before becoming a parent, and I think that we should really pull back the curtain on becoming a first-time or second-time mom or dad to share the good, the bad, and the ugly. We'll have a little education, a little fun, and a whole lot of heart that goes into each and every episode. So join me and our amazing guests each week to hear us talk about what no one told us. 
Okay, I think that is huge right there because what you just pointed out is that by us trying to plan everything for our kids, making sure that they have every possible opportunity out there in the world that they could possibly do, we are robbing them of their ability to find those passions. We're basically handing it to them. Setting them up, yes. right? We're setting them up to get to the point where we are. Yes. <laughs> We're like, I don't even know what I like to do. Yes. Yeah. You know? Because we did something that we thought would have a completely opposite effect, but obviously it it doesn't because if they're never able to explore things and figure them out on their own, they're always waiting for somebody else to present them with the opportunity. Yes. They're never going to be able to figure that out for themselves. Yeah. It's the permission to be bored. Yes. Oh my gosh. That's the thing. And here's the thing though. Let's, let's even flip this a step further. When do we allow ourselves to be bored? Uh, yeah, we I, fill every minute with scrolling. I mean, it's why people take their cell phones to the bathroom with them. We cannot be quiet with ourselves to even remember how to be creative again as adults. And I think that when we really unpack that is even scarier because it's like, if we are mirrors for our children and we want them to be bored, to be creative, where is the margin or how do we find even margin in our life to be potentially bored? It's It's something that's active, like in your brain, every second of every day. Uh And it's like, you don't know how to survive without those little dopamine hits. Yeah, It's been something I've been thinking about for the past few days, actually, because my my mental state has been like all over the place. And I'm like, well, what am I doing? Every time I'm bored, I'm reaching for my phone and I'm like looking on Instagram and like seeing what I can respond to and just keeping quote unquote busy, but it's not serving me. Yeah, I think the problem is, is that where is our enough point? What I mean by that is the reason why we're never bored is because we never say, well done, now rest. We're always like putting the finish line further and further and further out of reach because what happens when we admit that we're actually content and at peace in our lives? Does that mean we're complacent? No, that means we're awake to the life we're living. We're actually enjoying what we're working so hard for. And so there's this part in the book where I was talking to literally one of my friends is a billionaire. She built a billion dollar company And she is still running around like she is on food stamps, like truly, like she works so hard and it's like, so it clearly wasn't the money. What is it that's driving you? It's, it's the mission. It's the impact. But I told her, I said, you need to go like you are, you know, we do those couch to 5k programs to learn how to run, which we hate doing Mm -hmm. anyways, we need to go. (laughs) We're running the 5k every day of our lives as moms, as worker bees, as entrepreneurs, we are running 5k. That is easy for us. Now that is all we do is we are so focused on output. We need to learn how to get back to the couch. And I don't mean just laying there. I mean, like just being still. So it's like, how do we literally train ourselves in pockets of time? Maybe it's five minutes. Maybe it's while you're washing the dishes, you just sit and breathe a little deeper. Like, have you ever had an mm-hmm. Apple watch that like goes off and reminds you to breathe? And you're like, yeah. oh yeah, that one thing that <laughs> yeah. my body has been doing, but I haven't even thought about in five days. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love this idea about getting back to being at peace. And when you say like you're around these high achieving people, I mean, that that's a huge thing that you kind of have to counter, I'm sure mentally. When's the point to rest? When's the point that you could be happy with yourself? When's the point to say like, you know what, I'm setting this boundary right here and I am not going to work anymore. Like, do you ever go through any guilt when it comes to that, where you're like, nope, I'm stopping right here and I'm resting. It's funny. I was actually just talking to one of my best friends uh, who's in the business space. And I was like, what is something that I do really good that you want to learn? Cause I was just like thinking about like, what can I teach or what? She was, you are just so clear on what you want that you have no apologies about saying what you don't want. And 
there's a story in my book. I did this visualization exercise and it was picture the most like vibrant, energetic, excited version of yourself. You're healthy, you're awake, you're present. What are you doing? What does it look like for you? And I remember that day I like in my vision, I had on these cute jeans and a white linen top. And I remember opening my eyes and I was like in like ratty dog hair covered yoga pants and like an old t-shirt. And I was like, I'm not even like dressing the part of my most vibrant self. I am waiting for life to happen or things that are out of my control to happen so that I can tackle the things that I am in control of. And I think that that happens for a lot of our lives. It's like, we are saying yes to all of these things that we believe might be our big break. Or, you know, we live with this notion of if I hit the brake pedal, I'm going to forget where the gas pedal is. So I better not Mm -hmm. slow down. And I just unapologetically do it because my definition of success is not based on anyone else. And it's also not based on what things look like. It's on how I feel for me. Success is waking up and feeling peace and ease. And I don't mean that things are not chaotic. Like this morning, we were all up at like five in the morning and, you know, hanging (laughs) out and making, we made a rocket ship out of a diaper box for this little baby doll. And like that there is still chaos, but I don't look at my calendar and, and feel anxious or stressed because I love Mm -hmm. all the things I'm doing. And I've said yes, intentionally. And can I give a tip at this? That is going to help moms so much. Okay. So did anyone ever read the book, bringing up baby? Yeah. Okay. That was the only book that I read about parenting. And it was like the French Montessori method. It (laughs) sounded so much more like great. Um, but there was this thing in that book that talks about lay pause. And what that means is mm-hmm. when a baby is sleeping and a lot of times they're in active sleep, but it looks like they're awake and a mom's tendency is to like scoop the baby up and think that they're awake when really they're just trying to like get back to sleep. And so the whole notion is, is like, just wait, like, don't run into the room. Don't pick the baby up. Just wait for a minute or two and just see now how this works for us as moms and as women is like, we need to invite in more pauses into our life before we react, before we say yes. I'm the type of person, if the three of us were together, we were out having like a happy hour, which would never happen because we're all too busy. We all have kids. If we were out for a happy hour and you were like, Hey, Jenna, do you want to show up and do this thing next Thursday? My immediate tendency would be to say yes, because I love you. I'm having so much fun. I don't want to disappoint you. What I've now done is invited in lay pause to my life where I'm like, Let me circle back and let me check my schedule and I'll circle back with you by the end of today. Go home, take a minute. Is that the right thing? Is that the right? Yes. Because every time I'm saying yes to something else, I'm saying no to something. And what has been so interesting is like, when you take that little tiny pause to check in with yourself, you immediately know, like when people say they don't know something, they're like, ah, you know, I feel like I've got to like leave the relationship or like leave the job or whatever, but I don't know. I'm like, you do know. You're waiting for someone to validate what you already know. And so it's like, I always take that like lay pause of like, don't wake up a sleeping baby of like, take a minute, check in, you know, if that was right or not. So anyways, don't over, you know how you feel. I love that. The lay pause. We need to practice that. Jenna, what do you have right now that is coming up for you that you're really excited about? Rest. (laughs) Um, okay. So this goes in alignment with what we were kind of talking about, but In launching my book, I knew like my tendency is to like, just go hard, go all out. Like that's, that's fun for me. That's easy for me. But I knew that I had to really draw a finish line in sight and say, well done, you did it. So I'm actually taking almost a full month of 
quiet space and time with my family. I'm like, man, in Minnesota, we wait for summer all year long. I'm not going <laughs> to work away this one month of beautiful weather. Um, and so, yeah, I'm taking just a really quiet month and I'm really excited to just reflect and pause and be with my kids and do the fun things that we get to do in Minnesota. And so that's what I'm really excited about. I love that. I love it. It has been such a joy, Jenna, to meet you and talk with you. And you've already supplied some quotes from my wall that there I need we to go. put up to remind myself of yes. how to put myself out there and how to rest. Oh, so, thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Thank you. And we'll talk to you soon. Sounds good. You guys are the best. Thanks. So we're recording right now immediately after we got off with Jenna. And like my face, I'm still smiling. I'm still smiling. It was such a fantastic conversation. I I love talking to her. Talk about someone who really understands it and gets it and says the truth. It says and and encourages rest. Like we need more people encouraging rest out there because it's so go 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 for all of us. We're trying to achieve the next thing. We're trying to hit our goals, be like amazing people and we don't really think about that we can't keep going if we don't take that time for rest. Oh, for sure. And you know, there was one thing that she said that really just kind of brought me back to, to somewhere that I was many, many, many years ago. Um, in the very beginning, she talked about how she was meeting with her boss and had a picture of her kids and was like, if I'm lucky, I will get off work early enough to get home and give them a bath and put them to bed. I remember those sentiments when I had my first kiddo, when it came to the commute, like an hour and a half from my house. That's crazy. I yeah. was lucky if I got to... Um, get home with any time and have any energy left to enjoy my kid. And I just remember crying and feeling so lost. I had a real passion for what I was doing, working with, with children with disabilities, but I just, I couldn't keep doing it. It was, it was sucking my happiness out of me. And I, I think a lot of us get kind of stuck in that of thinking about, this is what I have to do. I need to be a career person. I need to be successful but we're not listening to what's sucking our happiness out of ourselves. No. When did we ever give people the power to tell us exactly what we have to do to be successful? Yeah. And that's something too that I'm going to keep in mind. Definitely when I put myself under stress and anxiety, even now, even though like I feel like I'm living the dream and doing exactly what I want to do and having the balance around my life, still you measure yourself by these outward perceptions of success and what you've worked towards and just the having the ability to change. I think that's what's going to stay with me. So yes, we hope you enjoyed our episode today. Subscribe to the No Guilt Mom podcast. Share it with your friends. Drop us a little review. Hey, did you know that you can now rate podcasts on Spotify? I didn't know that. They have a, a star system. Well, so that's new to me. Drop us a rating on Spotify. Drop us a rating on Apple. We would love to have more people discover the No Guilt Mom podcast and enjoy hanging out with us fun gals. Yeah. So until next time, remember the best mom's a happy mom. Take care of you. And we'll talk to you later. Thanks for stopping by. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book, Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. 
I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy.